0: What is up? Happy Football Friday. This is Football Life Presents The Audible. I am your host, Randy Hammond. On the computer today, like a real adult, uh, this is the week four preview show. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Matt Bushnell. Matt, how are you doing today, buddy?
1: Oh, Randy, you know me. I'm doing fairly well, living the Arizona lifestyle. Uh, took a hard loss with the White Sox in their playoff series, but you know what? Still got my Chicago Bears, my undefeated (laughs) Chicago Bears.
0: See, I'm in an opposite situation. The Yankees are all I've got right now. That's not even true. The Yankees and Lakers are all I've got because the Giants are a lost cause. But regardless, we're, we're, we're chugging along here, Matt. I was going to tell you this. When you're working news on a Friday morning, when the biggest news possible can happen as soon as you wake up, you know you're in for a long day. So I'm happy to be at this point of my day with you because the early part of my day, if you don't know, I work basically overnights, has now passed. And I'm ready to talk football with you because it has been a brutal start to the morning for me. And it was an even more brutal start to the day if you're a New York Jets fan, if you did not get to watch whatever that was on NFL Network last night. It was technically Thursday night football. Um, the Jets losing to the Broncos and Brett Rippin at quarterback, they would fall 37-28. to 28. Matt, give me your quick thoughts on this game. I don't know how much you got to see, but I just wanted your initial thoughts.
1: A lot of bad football in this game <laughs> you played. I mean, the Broncos' defense is not very good. The Jets – are just a mess. I mean, everywhere on the field. You try to watch them. The play calling's horrific. I Sam Darnold to me is done as the Jets quarterback. I you have to move off of him. Maybe you put him at running back. I mean he's the best running back they have at this point with his I mean deceptive speed. I'll give Sam a lot of credit. His speed but man, he just
0: he looks like a broken quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's a good transition, Max. I do want to show you guys this play. If you did not get the chance to check it out, uh, we're going to show you Sam Darnold's touchdown run here on the Audible. We're moving up in the technology world.
1: Yeah, that that should have been a sack right there. He should never got loose. Linebacker gets juked. 90, I don't know what you're thinking about. And then just, you know, key downfield blocking by Hogan there. So,
0: yeah, should never happened. Uh, an impressive run by Sam Darnold. And uh, like you said, maybe perhaps he has a future as a running back uh, for <laughs> the Jets. So, um, you know, not, not, it's a very sloppy game. I didn't love what I saw. Uh, from either team, I don't know how you could expect to see anything. I was all in on the Broncos' defense, thinking Sam would give them some love. And to Arnold's credit, he did not have any turnovers. But like you said, it uh, still didn't play all that well. He, I mean, how many interceptable passes did you count in this game? Six, and that's before even checking the coach's tape. Uh,
1: in the last series alone, well, the last three series, I mean, he threw three catchable interceptions just right off Broncos' defenders' hands. Just the incredibly horrific decision-making from Sam Darnold Mm -hmm. continues. And I I don't know if you blame Gase. I think the route combos are very, I don't know, intermediate at this point with the Jets offense, but – Like I said, I I got a feeling Sam's going to have to leave. I think the Patriots re-signed Cam. We can speculate on where Sam goes, but this Jets team's getting a top three pick in this year's draft. I can't imagine them not drafting a quarterback with the likes of uh, Fields, Sam Howell at University of North Carolina, and then um,
0: our Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Darnold, I mean, it's an up-and-down game. Classic Darnold, I guess you could say. It was 23 of 42, 230 yards, no no touchdowns, no picks, but he did have that rushing touchdown, so he showed off his athleticism, his mobility there. Um, should have been a sack, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of missed tackles on that play in general, but uh, a nice play from him. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Brett Ripon making his NFL debut starting for the Broncos. Not that g- great. I don't know. like He throws a nice ball is the compliment that I will make for him. Uh, he has a nice spiral coming out of his hand. You play in the NFL, I kind of expect that from you, but when you're – I've never seen you play. I'm looking for things, and I didn't really notice anything touch-wise, arm strength-wise, other than it looks pretty coming out of his hand. Uh, he was 19-31, 242 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. Matt, what did you make of Brett Rippin last night? There were a couple
1: of plays that I was pretty impressed with. Um, I'm trying to think who he threw that bomb to. I mean, he threw a real pretty pass to Tim Patrick on the sideline yeah. there towards the end of the game where he was able to toe-tap and get his both feet in beautiful pass. And then I, it was a touchdown pass and I can't remember who it was, but he took a massive shot and just dropped a dime in there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I definitely think it's worth exploring for, you know, Brett Rippon to keep on starting Driscoll. I I don't see any upside, but maybe you increase the trade value of Brett Rippon, and then you can get some extra picks to help rebuild this team. Or if you're not in love with drew lock, Mm -hmm. I, I like Drew Locke. I think there's a lot of potential there. But, I mean, having two good quarterbacks is not a problem.
0: No. Obviously, the turnovers were an issue. His first career start, I think he needs to clean up clean up some things. Uh, Melvin Gordon played really well in this game, 23 carries, 107 yards, and the game ceiling touchdown, which went for 47, but he had two touchdowns on the day. Tim Patrick had a nice day, too: six uh, catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. His long was 40, but the play of the day, to me, was uh, a mossing done by rookie Jerry Judy for his first career touchdown, Matt, and let's take a look. Yeah, that's just
1: – underthrown. I, I have no idea. Who, what, what cornerback was that?
0: That was Desir.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, that, that that's an embarrassment right there. I get what he was trying to do, but Jerry Judy just snatched it from him. That That's just an awful play. He was in the right position. He had the right body parts trying to block the pass, knock it down or catch it. But, yeah, that was awful on the defensive back.
0: I mean, I'm just going to admire Jerry Judy because he was my preseason pick for rookie of the year and uh i mean that's that's a mossing if i've ever seen one so a uh, hell of a play to prevent the interception stay in bounds and walk backwards in for the touchdown so bad throw great catch great play by jerry judy so that's uh that's pretty much it highlight wise for this game i mean there's not a whole lot of good to be had on <laughs> on here
1: yeah but, I, um, I yeah i thought if, if the Broncos lost this game, definitely thought Vic Fangio would be fired sooner than later. But man, this Jets roster top from bottom, we talk about how you have to build a team and where you're at and just conversations last night I've had with people, you know, specifically Jacob, one of our biggest Jet fans. I know Johnny's out there watching a Jets fan, um, Joey Saldana who never watches, you know, what can you say? But mm-hmm. he, he's a Sam Darnold apologist yeah. as well. You take a look at a lot of this stuff. This team is so far away in so many aspects. I mean, offensive line, they have a nice player in Becton. I I thought that was a really good draft pick. Wide receiver, there's nothing there. I mean, there is absolutely nothing. Defensive line-wise, Quinnen Williams. I like Quinnen Williams, but you need to see more flash plays from him. But top to bottom, you're talking about a total restructuring of this offense and defense. I don't think Gase should be in charge of this at all anymore, but this team's 0-16. We talk about 0-16 teams. This is probably the least talented team I have seen in a while. Quarterback is making horrific decisions. They hate the coach. You know, This is just one of these games where I don't know if this team comes back from it. You may not see the fight from them anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, looking at their schedule, too, I don't know where there's a winnable game other than if they can get one against Miami. But um, I think that was probably their best chance at getting a win this year. So I would not – I mean, you play the games in NFL, anything can happen. Upsets happen all the time. But, you know, looking at the schedule, the the Jets, to me, are the most likely team to go 0-16. Matt, do you think now that's the the reality for Jets fans?
1: Yeah, I think they better accept it in a hurry. The stretch that's coming up, I mean, I'm not sure of the exact order of the games, but you're looking at Chiefs,
0: Patriots. I have it right here for you. I have It's the Cardinals at Chargers, Bills at Chiefs, Patriots at Dolphins. And then it doesn't get any easier after the bye, because then it's Dolphins, Raiders at Seahawks, at Rams versus Browns at Patriots. It's, it's, there's, it's a brutal schedule.
1: Yeah, I would circle that Chiefs game as maybe the breaking point for Gase to potentially get fired because the Chiefs are going to hang a lot of points on them. I I don't see how – if you let Brett Rippon do that to you, (laughs) my god you know that Chiefs game is going to get ugly in a hurry I remember the Bears and Packers the last year of the Tressman era where it was just so bad and the Packers were up 35 nothing at halftime ended up winning that game 56 to nothing but that really felt like that was the game where Tressman got fired and you know it was done I have a feeling that's going to be the Chiefs games for the Jets here I mean if that doesn't get Gase fired I mean
0: you're a lost franchise yeah, I don't know how he even escapes this game, but lo and behold, he is still around having terrible sound bites after the game um, and just being an embarrassment of a head coach. So I expect the, all of the Jets players to have a career rejuvenation outside of Gase when he is gone, maybe even outside of the Jets. Who knows? Uh, Darnold being one of them. Uh, we, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, and I'll say right. this. On, I'll I to, I, yeah, Before I'm sorry.
1: Go. I just want to touch on this. It it was such bush league of gays calling those final two timeouts. Yeah. I, I get, like, you don't want to leave any timeouts in your pocket, you know, whatever. Th- there was other times he could have used those timeouts to gather Darnold. It, it was just total... You know, I say it on a family show, but a bitch move, you know, that's exactly what it was. The team lost, they weren't coming back, and then the dirty hits started happening too, you know, at the end of the game. That just shows a total lack of character, and I lost a lot of respect for a lot of these Jets players. Granted, you may hate your coach, but this team's worthy of going 0-16. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Bush League Big Fangio did not mince any words after the game and and called it bullshit and everyone was pissed off and as they should have been. It's it's not right and it's not how the game should be played. You got to lose gracefully the same way you would win gracefully. So shame on the Jets and maybe it's karma for a lot of things so all right we're gonna move on and talk about games that are much should be much better than that game we watched yesterday and uh we're gonna start with the early games on sunday like i said we're gonna structure these as if they're one o'clock games for me 10 o'clock games for you uh we're gonna start off with your team right here your 3-0 chicago bears taking on the 2-1-1 indianapolis colts matt let me let me hear your thoughts about nick Foles' first start in a bears uniform I'm excited. You know, I
1: think it opens up a lot more possibilities for the bears with their playbook. I've thought, you know, watching a lot of tape, a lot of Trubisky tape, a lot of Nagy play calling tape. I don't hate Nagy's play calling. I know a lot of bears fans just despise Nagy, but when your quarterback is missing obvious throws and just not being able to move the chains third and long was a death sentence for this franchise with Trubisky at quarterback, you just get the punt team ready and that 2018 season, I don't think Bear fans realize how many points special teams in defense scored. Trubisky was not putting up those points. He went against the Bucks defense, and, I, you know, I hate Colin Cowherd, but he might have said it best when it happened. He said Trubisky was the worst quarterback in NFL history to throw six touchdown passes in a game. And you know what? He's right. He absolutely right. But I think Foles – it allows Nagy to feel more confident in this playbook. It allows him to open things up and really try to move the chain score. We saw what they did. Nick Foles through three touchdown passes should have been five, should have been five touchdown passes that game. But you know, the Allen Robinson, it was just a bad officiating move. If they called it an interception on the field, I would have said it should have stayed. They called the touchdown on the field that should have stayed. Whatever Anthony Miller has to be more consistent, but Foles can dissect the defense He knows how to get his players in the right position and that's going to be imperative against this Colts defense.
0: Yeah, the Colts really had a uh, get right week against the jets, which seems to be a trend, um, for 2020. Um, but the the Colts defense before that had been relatively disappointing. I think, uh, you know, against the Jags, they did okay. Uh, the Vikings, I I was expecting, actually they did okay against the Vikings, I should say. So, uh, the Colts defense is a good unit. I mean, it's, I think they need a better pass rush, but they're coming around. The secondary is pretty good. Um, but they're not facing Mitch. So I wonder how that's going to go because we've seen the bears enough with Mitch to know what they are and what they're not. And they're not an efficient, well-run offense with Foles, I get the sense that they at least will have a plan and some sort of identity. So I really want to see what that looks like for, for bears fans. I mean, I know you've been clamoring for this for a long time now. Uh, I love that Foles came in and came back in that game. And like we talked about the Anthony Miller thing, like they come on the blitz, he knew it was coming just run to the L and I'll find you that stuff doesn't happen with Mitch. So I feel like this team already has already has completely bought into Mitch Trubis, uh, to, uh, Nick Foles, I should say. Um, and you know, that could be a game changer for a team that could change the defense that could change everything. So despite my lack of, uh, interest in the three and bears with Mitch, I'm suddenly a lot more intrigued to see how Nick Foles does. With that said, did you happen to catch the mic'd up with, uh, Phil rivers yesterday? <laughs> No, I missed that
1: one. I'm sure it had to be entertaining.
0: If, if he's, I mean, he's not a not my favorite quarterback ever, but he is certainly entertaining when he's mic'd up. He is just never stops talking. He never stops yapping at the other team. Uh, he is confident if nothing else. And uh, I'm waiting for that Philip Rivers breakout game here. I don't think it's going to happen against the Bears defense. I think the Bears defense is too strong. Um, but I really like this matchup. This could be a really good. Hard fall, kind of low scoring games. I do like both of these defenses here. Um, Matt, I want to get your prediction, but first I'll say mine because I'm not the Bears fan here. Uh, I'll say – I'll give the Bears the advantage because they're the home team, but I'll say 24-21 Bears on like a late field goal.
1: Yeah, this game, I've, I've talked myself into that the Colts being able to hang tough. I watched the Jets and Colts tape, and the Jets are just awful. I mean, that, that tape is like if, – if I'm a Colts believer, uh, you can't buy much into that. So then I went back and watched more Colts tape. I, I think the Colts are more of the first two-game Colts than they were against the Jets. I'm going to take the Bears here 27-20. to 20. Okay. I do think this is
0: going to be a really good game uh, from start to finish. I don't think, you know, some of these games end up being blots. I don't see that for this game at all. All right. Moving on now to Cincinnati where the fighting Joe Burrows <laughs> take on the the Shoe Mania-led uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and this game on paper feels like it's a bad one, but it got two kind of exciting young quarterbacks. It could, at the very least, be weird. Um, probably ugly is the word I use for a lot of these games, but this one's going to be a little weird. But I, I think at the end of the day, Joe Burrows is going to find himself in the win column for the first time. As a pro, Matt, what do you think? Man,
1: I don't think so. I no. No, I, I hate Minshew mania, I, I hate a lot of things that Jacksonville does, but Cincinnati just seems, I don't know, blah. But, I mean, Cincinnati can come back and win this game too. I mean, this game I do not like. I, I could see it going either way. Gut reaction though, Randy, is I'm going to take Jacksonville to win this one 17-16.
0: Well, I mean, after this tie last week with the Bengals, which uh, got some negative feedback from the fiance about me yelling because apparently I broke the loud noise uh, rule in my apartment at that point in time. So, uh, yeah, not thrilled with the Bengals last week, not thrilled with the Eagles, but it was more sort towards the Eagles, who I actually thought had a real chance to win that game late. Um, but I just – I think Joe Burrow has this just thing about quarterbacks. Like, I don't know, you, you know what they look like and they sound like and they just carry themselves a certain way. He kind of hates this right now. I mean, when you're the number one overall pick, typically you are you never lose in college. You're in the best program with the best players. And when you go to the NFL, you go to the worst team uh, who has the worst players, and you're not going to win, typically. Joe Burrow's like, I haven't lost a game since I was in high school. Like He's like, I hate losing. Like, this sucks. Um, this is the game where I think they get off the Schneid and he – puts them on their back and gets them the win. T. Higgins played well. He scored a couple touchdowns last week the rookie wide receiver. A.J. Green still there. Not the same guy, but decent still. Tyler Boyd played really well. He's becoming a really consistent player. John Ross, not a thing. Other than that, I really like the rest of their offense here, and I think Burrow with those guys are good enough to get the win. I don't like Jacksonville, especially after that game against Miami last, last week. I really just got really turned off by that. Um, but Minshew's going to put up some garbage time points like he typically does. So I'll go bang 30. Jags, 24. So I don't like either of these defenses all that much.
1: I I like Burrow, though. Just for the record, I know Henry and Leon have commented in our sections, and we do appreciate the participation that Burrow is just, he's that guy. And you feel it. Like you said, Randy, he he Mm -hmm. is that guy. He's an NFL quarterback. So you just feel it coming from him. But I still think Cincinnati is just still too many pieces away. And DJ Chark should be back for this game. So
0: that really improves jacksonville yeah uh, surprisingly entertaining game i think at the end of the day for this game which you wouldn't expect if you just saw the game on paper this game on paper should be very entertaining but these two teams typically find ways to to lose an embarrassing fashion or just be disappointing in general the cowboys existence has been pretty disappointing existence in general has been disappointing for the last 25 years which i tend to enjoy but we have the Cleveland Browns going to Dallas to face the Dallas Cowboys here in a game that uh, the Browns are 2-1, the Cowboys are 1-2. The Browns, to me, could really put the Cowboys in a serious hole, but the NFC East isn't, isn't going to really challenge the Cowboys all that much. But a 1-3 Cowboys team is probably not how most people expected their season to go. So uh, I don't know really know what to expect this game, Matt. I'm going to pick your brain here before I come up with a decision in my head.
1: Dallas's offense has been explosive in every aspect. They can mm-hmm. run the football. They can throw the football, obviously. Their defense has killed them, and turnovers by this offense have really hurt them. I, I don't like Cleveland hanging tight with Cincinnati. I'm, I'm not impressed with what Cleveland's done. It, it feels like if you're going to beat bad teams, you need to step on the neck and just put them out of their misery in a hurry. I just mm-hmm. like Dallas in this game. I think Dallas is going to put up too many points. I'm tired of seeing Baker Mayfield progressive commercials or whatever insurance commercials that he's doing in Uh, in Cleveland. Hulu commercials. Yeah. (laughs) This is not Baker Mayfield's face. Whatever. But anyway, (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of Cleveland in this spot. Dallas can really put away this division early. They win in the next couple of weeks, which they should be able to. It really feels like that division is just going to lose itself and Dallas can walk away with it. For that reason, I'm going to take Dallas, and I'm going to take Dallas big here. I think Dallas hangs 38, Cleveland puts up 20.
0: I mean, it's, it's crazy to say how bad the NFC East is, that they can pull away from this division by being 2-2, two and two, but you're right. <laughs> no other team has really shown that they're going to be able to uh, even be close to 500 to this point. Um, but yeah, I think the best unit in this game probably is the Cowboys offense as a whole, but I'd say more specifically, the most important part of this game is Cleveland's running attack because we say every time, and I will say at every show, that the best one-two punch for a running game in the league is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They are very good, and Dallas' front is not very good. So I could see Cleveland scoring just like scoring with Dallas here. I don't like Dallas' defense at all, and In the 19 games that Odell Beckham Jr. has played with the Browns, he's had one game where he had 100 yards and a touchdown. That's going to change this week. I mean, the Cowboys secondary is not very good. I could see Cleveland just having their way with Dallas' defense, especially if they rely on this running game. This running game, and I, I really like Stefanski. He's a smart guy. He knows how to take advantage of those weaknesses. With that said, do you know who leads the NFL in sacks right now, Matt Bushnell? Miles Garrett. It is Alden Smith. Oh, yeah. Has I not, I missed it. He has four sacks and has not played a game in five years. Uh, and we, we, we killed the Cowboys for picking him up. And so far, it's been working out well for them. So credit to them for that. Um but the Dallas offense, and, and Dak Prescott has played really well this year, despite what people want you to believe. Uh, he had a real chance to, win the, to tie that Seattle game last week. He made an incredible play to keep his balance to roll out to the left and then uh, just short-armed it a little bit. But uh, Dallas probably will win this game close, but it is definitely going to be high scoring. I'll say Dallas 35, Cleveland 31. And I think it's going to be a, a hell of an entertaining game for sure. We are moving on now to Detroit where our friend Leon Tompkins has coming off of a victory against the Arizona Cardinals, but now they welcome in a banged up team in the new Orleans saints who have lost two straight and have people questioning uh, if it is over for them in the Drew Brees era, Matt, this is an interesting game. The saints, although are traveling on the road, they typically play better and play better in domes. So at least they have that going for them.
1: Yeah. And I heard Michael Thomas has been practicing this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's a game time decision. To me, I am going to lean with the Detroit Lions. I cannot believe this. I just, you know, it's one of those things where Detroit, if Akuda plays and Thomas doesn't, New Orleans is in trouble because I do like Detroit's front to stop the run. You know, they can get gashed on cutbacks. I don't think New Orleans commits to the run as much as they should. Because I think that needs to be the staple of this offense at this point. I don't think – I'm not scared of Drew Brees beating me. He hasn't shown me that he can at this point. So my goal is to stop Kamara and Latavius Murray. But if the Saints give up on the run, Detroit's going to
0: win this football game. You know what, though? I'm with you because the the Saints have shown that they need Michael Thomas to add that element to their offense. And despite how much I love their defense, which has played okay this year, they need that extra element on offense to kind of overcome some of Drew Brees' shortcomings at this point. Because he obviously is showing his age. He doesn't have the same arm strength. His accuracy is fading. And when Drew Brees' accuracy is fading, he starts to fade. He's not the same guy that he used to be. So you need him to... Uh, get as many weapons as possible, and especially the guy who put up the best wide receiver numbers of anyone last year. Um, If Michael Thomas does not play, I think I'm with you on that. And uh, Detroit, confidence now. Stafford played really well last week. Uh, Leon says, welcome to the dark side, Bushnell. So he's uh, giving you some love on the Detroit Lions. And, uh, you know, I really liked the Lions offense with Kenny Galladay last week. I said that on the show and on the recap show. He added a a big – deep threat to that offense. Like Marvin Jones is a nice player, but I think Galladay really attracts a lot of attention from defenses. Um, Detroit's run game has been surprisingly decent with Adrian Peterson of all people. So they could give the Saints real issues, especially if the Saints offense cannot stay on the field. Um, this is a super interesting matchup to me. The Saints with Michael Thomas, I'd have no doubt saying the you know, Saints are going to win this game by two touchdowns. But you bring up a good point. Without Michael Thomas, it's a whole different ball game. And if they lose this game, they'll be one and three in a tough division where the Bucks look like you know they could potentially be three and one after this week. Uh, I don't want to say it's a must-win, Matt, but it feels like that for the Saints. Oh yeah,
1: if the Saints don't win this game, their season torpedoes. I think this will be the last year we see Drew Brees in the NFL maybe he tries to go to a different franchise but i think they would have to move on from Drew Brees after the season if they don't make the playoffs and i don't i don't see it randy i know we talked about it we thought the saints would win the division but that defense got gashed by aaron rodgers and mm-hmm. they're going to be playing a much better defense in the detroit lions and the green bay packers so to me, it just, this game hinges on Michael Thomas, because if he plays, I'm taking the saints. If he mm-hmm. doesn't, like you said, I'm taking the lions and I'm just going to go with Michael Thomas probably is not ready to play. If they do put him out there, it's going to be a decoy. I can't see him being that, but that ankle injury is hard to come back mm-hmm. from an ankle injury, especially after two weeks or three weeks, I don't see it. So I'm going to stick with my lions prediction here. I think the lions win and I'm going to go lions, 27 and I'm going to go to saints
0: 24. So Michael Thomas did practice the last two days and feels good, apparently. So, I mean, that's a good sign for them, but that does not necessarily mean that he will play for sure. Uh, given that it is an ankle problem. Um, it doesn't even give me a diagnosis if he's probable or anything like that, but he did practice the last two days. So if you're, if you're hoping Michael Thomas plays, that's a good sign, but that's all speculation on top of that. Uh to figure out whether he's going to play or not just for the record here. I just want to point out the rest of the same Schedule here. It's Carolina at the bears at the bucks against the Niners against the Falcons at Denver at Atlanta at Philly versus the chiefs versus the Vikings. And then at Carolina, they don't win this game. They're one and three. They're going to end up being eight and eight or below. I mean, they, this is a must win the game to me. So to me, I think Michael Thomas has to kind of play through that and has to play just to say like, you know what, we're not going to let our season be over by week four. So I think Michael Thomas is going to play. And I think somehow the lions are going to lie in and they're going to end up losing this game. Uh, And it's going to be on the defense. I think the Saints defense actually does a great job here. I'm going to talk myself into the Saints. They're going to win 20 to 17 and Stafford's going to throw some dumb interception late in the game to lose it. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. Yeah. Uh, I talked myself into that just because I can't see the same season being over already. I think that they are too talented for that. All right. Now a game that I don't know how to feel about necessarily because it's one team traveling across the country, which I think this might be the furthest distance you can travel. Maybe San Francisco would be further, but Seattle is going all the way to Miami to face the dolphins. And uh, this is going to be one of the few games that has fans because Florida um, doesn't you know, care about anything. So they're gonna, like, you know, we're going to have a uh, limited capacity, but we're going to have fans. And Russell Wilson looks incredible these first three weeks. He is the front runner for MVP. I don't care about your Josh Allen takes. It's Russell Wilson. Uh, Forget out of here with the rest of it. I have no reason to believe that Miami can stop Russell Wilson, and I have no reason to believe that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are not going to roll here. And I just – it's one of those
1: games where you go to Miami. Mm -hmm. It's a long trip. There's a lot of protocols involved. I I could talk myself into Miami here. Mm-hmm. I, I would actually, if I'm betting this game, I would bet Miami to cover. I would not pick them to, yeah. you know, straight out win. Because I do think Russell Wilson has that, you know, fourth quarter feel to it, you know, where he wills his team to win. And I don't think the Dolphins offense is good enough to keep pace. But I, I am going to pick the Seahawks here. I'm going to take the Seahawks 31, the Dolphins 24. I just think that Seahawks offense with DK Metcalf, the best deep ball catcher in the NFL. (laughs) I'm going to take
0: my Seahawks here. Seahawks fly, fly. Um, One thing I should note, and that kind of changes your opinion on this or at least my opinion on this a little bit. uh, Chris Carson, doubtful. Doesn't look like he'll play with that knee sprain. And then Jamal Adams also is not is doubtful. So if Jamal Adams doesn't play, that changes some things with Seattle's defense. Um, not having Chris Carson hurts, but I think they can make it work with Carlos Hyde. Um, Rashad Penny was a first round pick and never really plays. So maybe it's his day to, to go off here. Um, I do. I agree with you now because, you know, Miami, I, I can't just pick Miami to win outright. That, to me, that's not the, the right pick. I just think the Seattle will find a way to win this game. They have the best player uh, on the field, and he will find a way to, to make it happen. Um, but Miami's going to put up a big fight, and this is the second time they're traveling to the East Coast this month. I mean, they already went to Atlanta just a couple weeks ago, so that can wear down a team, and it happens to Seattle every year because they are in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, I will I will agree with you here, and I'm going to go Seattle 28, Miami 24. It's going to be a close game, but Russell Wilson does Russell Wilson things, and play pulls it out at the end. Our friend Henry Maldonado uh, is our resident Niners fan and is calling upset for the Dolphins because of how bad he wants it to happen. So, uh, Henry, I hope for your sake it does happen, but I don't see it. Uh, (laughs) Moving on to another game happening in Florida involving another West Coast team. It is the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Tampa Bay uh, to the pirate ship. To face the Bucks and Tom Brady and the Bucs are coming off two straight wins and had looked better in each one. Um, you know, I really like what I've seen from Justin Herbert to this point, and the Chargers' defense. You know, has another banged-up secondary problem. They already did without Derwin James, Chris. Uh, Chris Joe, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the one of the corners uh, is, is out, who's super important. But uh, Chris Harris yeah, came to me. But uh, they, they are without their big secondary players. To me, this feels like a Bucks win kind of handily. Uh, and it feels like to me that Justin Herbert might struggle in this one.
1: Shaq Barrett, NFC Player yeah. of the Month. I mean, yeah. that Chargers offensive line's not very good at this point. Uh, I, Herbert, a rookie, is going to get confused by a lot of coverage schemes that Todd Bowles is going to throw out at him. I I don't see it. They lost at home to the Panthers, who had very little offensive weapons at their disposal here. Gronk, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin is he playing? I don't know. Mike Evans. I I just feel like there's too many weapons here. It's really going to expose a depleted Charger secondary. The Tampa's going to roll in this one.
0: Yeah, I think Godwin is out. I uh, will just give you that update really quick. Um, Godwin's really banged up And yeah, he's going to miss this week But You still have Mike Evans You still have uh, Scotty Miller Who they love so much Um, This is going to be a big Ronald Jones game it's going to be a big running attack game. I don't know, shouldn't necessarily say Ronald Jones. It could be Leonard Fournette. It's definitely not going to be Lashawn McCoy because he has one carry total on the season. Uh, but maybe this is the get-right game for Gronk. He had eight targets last week, and you know maybe this is the game that they get the tight ends more involved. But I don't trust the Chargers coming off of that bad loss, traveling to the East Coast with that defense. Like you said, Shaq Barrett looks amazing. JPP still playing really well. Devin White is becoming one of the best linebackers in the league. Each and every week he has 10-plus tackles the guys all over the field um, they just, you know, the, the Bucks defense is super impressive and I think they're going to give Justin Herbert issues so I'm going to go Bucks 30, Chargers 14 in a relatively uh, ga- a relatively boring game that's over pretty early
1: Yeah, and how can you not set up Thursday Night Football than the 4-0 Chicago Bears against the <laughs> 3-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers Nick Foles, Tom Brady, Super Bowl rematch, here we go I, I I'm picking the Bucks here in a route. I said they were gonna win big. I'm gonna go Bucks thirty five, Chargers fourteen.
0: Yeah. And uh you know I, I still like watching Justin Herbert. I'm really interested to see how he develops as we go along here, but uh, the Chargers I just think don't have enough to compete with the Bucks right now. Um this game is a more of a rivalry game than I realized. I learned this this morning on an NFL podcast that I listen to quite often, um, but they share a highway together. Uh, the Washington football team against the Baltimore Ravens. There is a Baltimore Washington rivalry. And I think it stems back to when the nationals uh, came over to Washington and then the, the Orioles got kicked off of a TV network or something like that. Uh, but it this, this rivalry, nonetheless, they're close to each other. So uh, this could get more heated than I originally thought of here. Um, What do you make of Ron Rivera, John Harbaugh in this game here? I think
1: this is just such an interesting matchup because you take a look at the strength of the Washington football club is that defensive line. And we saw the chiefs penetrate and put a lot of pressure and not allow the Ravens to run the football. With that said, I, I just think Washington's offense is so bad and going against a pretty decent you know, Ravens defense, I can't see Washington walking away out of this game with a win. I just think it sets up perfectly. The Ravens are probably pissed off. They're not happy with their performance on Monday night football and built up to be the game of the century. And it turned out to be kind of a meh. Chiefs are who mm-hmm. we thought they were. Ravens are not in that class. I predict a statement game for the Ravens to put themselves back on that map and back into contention and get the respect they will deserve. So I'm going to take the Ravens here
0: 27 to 9. Yeah, to me, uh, I mean, this game feels like a blowout because also Chase Young's going to miss this game with his groin injury, which uh, obviously affects the defense quite a bit. Why do I see Kyle Allen playing snaps late in this game for the Redskins after the Redskins Iowa quarter uh, for Washington here um, after, you know, Dwayne Haskins third interception in the fourth quarter? You know, I could just see Haskins getting benched in this game um, and Rivera just saying, you know, I'm I'm done with you today. I, I need you out of my life. Uh, the Ravens are gonna are gonna run away with this one. I think they are pissed off with how that game went on Monday night. They didn't get embarrassed, and there's no you know nothing to be embarrassed about with the Chiefs. But I think they expected better from themselves. And Washington's kind of walking into a uh, a pit here. And I think you know the Ravens are gonna win even bigger than what you said. I think their running attack is really good, and they struggle with Kyler Murray. I think they're gonna struggle just as much with Lamar Jackson. And uh, I think it's gonna be you know 41 to 14 Baltimore.
1: Uh, that's a big. That's a big one. Do, you know, I wonder what that spread is. If, if someone in the comments section can tell us the spread on that Ravens Washington game, I would be very interested in to in know that because this might be one I bet. I I, I might take the Ravens to cover.
0: I actually think the Giants Rams game and we're going to talk about it in a minute has the biggest spread of the week. So uh, I'm not sure I'm waiting. I'm going to try to load this up quick uh, because I'm in a pick them pool that has all these spreads, but this might, I think this one will work. Uh, but the Giants Rams is 12 and a half. And I don't think I saw one bigger. This Oh, this one is bigger and it's going to call 13 and a half for Washington.
1: Yeah. I, I think I'll take the Ravens to cover. I, I'm, I'm going to put some money down on that
0: this weekend honestly, you could probably parlay that with the Rams covering their 12 and a half. So <laughs> you might yeah. be able to make a decent amount of money on that. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah some big spreads that you could uh, potentially take advantage of this weekend. Look at that. We're giving some gambling advice. If you have a gambling problem, please do not uh, you know, get help. And you know, we'll help you out with that if you need. All right. Uh, moving on. To the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers, the Cardinals traveling to Carolina after getting upset by the Detroit Lions. Our friend Corey Decker said this is a pick special because the Cardinals, much like the Lions, struggle with the Panthers historically, which I did not know. Um, so this is an interesting matchup to me. I, I wonder if, you know, the Panthers have a renewed confidence after their win over the Chargers, and maybe the Cardinals are feeling a little bit down about their, their loss and Kyler didn't play well. But to me, I trust the Cardinals more. I think they are the more talented roster with the better off offense um you know on paper Matt what do you think of this matchup
1: I you know I I took the car or the Carolina Panthers last week and I took the Cardinals I was right the uh, you know the Cardinals let me down last week with losing to the Lions but I don't think they're going to let me down this week thank you Panthers for your one win but
0: I'm going Cardinals here I think the Cardinals are going to roll this one yeah, this could be a sneaky, exciting offensive game because I do like the Panthers offense more than I thought I was gonna like with Teddy Bridgewater. Um and it's you know, Robbie Anderson playing kind of well and uh Teddy Bridgewater playing okay and, and Mike Mike uh was it, Mike Davis coming in and playing okay for Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think it's enough to overcome the Kyler DeAndre Hopkins connection, which has looked incredible so far this season. I love I love that those two are together and they just Kyler's just forcing the ball and this is what great players do you find your strength and you take advantage of that um, I know that what's the running back's name for the Cardinals Kenny Drake it, it, everyone thought very high of Kenny Drake he played the ball for the Cardinals at the end of last season. He has yet to go off this year. I could see this being the game for Kenyon Drake to take advantage of. I don't love the Panthers run defense. So if you're playing daily fantasy, uh, maybe you can get Kenyon Drake for on the cheaper end and, and see what happens. So uh, I'm going to go Cardinals as well. Uh, I'm going to go 28 to 20 Arizona over the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I can see the Cardinals scoring a bunch of points, but I'm
1: curious. Um, I think they scored, what, 17 against the Lions or 13 against the Lions. And then I, I don't think it's been an offensive explosion from them because I think they scored mid-20s against the Washington Football Club here. So I, I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring on that spectrum. I'm going to take the Cardinals 19 to the Panthers 14.
0: Okay. I mean, I will get you their, their point total here. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, they scored 24 against the Niners. Yeah, 24 20 over the Niners, 30 to 15 over Washington, and then 26 23 against the Lions. So, okay, yeah, a little bit more than what I thought. So, yeah, nothing I mean, crazy, but you know, I could I see it coming this week.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I'll change my points a little bit here. I'm going to take, I'll go, I'll say the um, Cardinals scored 23 against the Panthers defense because I, I do think they're going to employ that ball control type of offense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Corey said that we have more faith in the Cardinals than he does, which, I mean, you are know, the whole reason I even doubted this, game to begin with, with your little nugget about the Cardinals struggling with the Panthers historically. So I would have never even given that game much more thought if uh, you didn't say that, so – all right, we have one more game in the early window, and it's kind of a snooze fest, but it's a once win for one. Of, one of these teams got to win this game, and it's the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Houston to face the Texans. Uh, we talked about a lot about how the Texans had a brutal start, the brutal first three games of their season. This feels to me like a little bit of a, a an ease for them, and I think they could totally take advantage of that. But for the Vikings, um, I mean, you go 0-4. This is this is becoming a, quite the lost season for Minnesota, which could cost Zimmer and Cousins and many other people their jobs.
1: Yeah, this screams to me that Deshaun Watson he he's playing too well not to win a game mm-hmm. here, and I think this Vikings team, like I said, that defense is old, and Cousins does not play well under the spotlight and under pressure. With that being said, I am going to take Minnesota to win this game.
0: Wow, what a swerve! What's, what for? What reason?
1: I, it's just I still think Minnesota's defense is good enough to get stops against a one dimensional offense Houston still can't run the football defense or offensively. Their wide receivers are anemic and I just see Adam Thielen having a pretty decent day. Dalvin cook is still there offensively. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I am going to s- stick with my gut here that the more talented team is going to win this game and Minnesota's more
0: talented top to bottom. I mean, I think Minnesota has more talent overall in their roster, but I think what you know you're, you're you're overlooking how valuable the quarterback position is in the NFL at this point in our lives. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson almost won that game last week by himself, and they took a lead on Pittsburgh, and they they all they had that game ahead, the and they should have won that game, but Deshaun did throw an interception, and then the defense obviously collapsed later in the game. But I think I trust Pittsburgh's offense more with Ben than I trust the Vikings' offense with Kirk Cousins. Um, and, you know, in Pittsburgh, not an easy place to play, you know, fans are not. So uh, I think the Texans are going to have a get-right game here. I think Deshaun's going to have a great game, and this is going to be the David Johnson narrative game where he's going to be like, remember when I predicted 1,000, thousand like he's going to have you know a uh, hundred and some rushing yards like 80 receiving yards a touchdown from each and it's going to be david johnson coming back and everyone thinks he's good again uh but i do think the texans are the team that get off the schneid here they they go one and three and then kind of have a reinvigorated confidence and say you know what we're past that hard part of our schedule let's try to get back into the swing of things here it is going to be ugly though i agree with you because both these coaches and the, this, these offenses in general are pretty ugly so Uh, I will go Houston 24, Vikings 21 in a weird game that has some turnovers, has some bad penalties, and Deshaun Watson just doing his thing at the end of the game.
1: I'm going to go Minnesota. They lost by one point last week to get to 31, and I'm going to take Houston to get to 21. So Minnesota 31, Houston 21.
0: Wow, wow, wow. Definitely, could, you know, I'm not. I'm kind of shocked both these teams are 0-3, but I guess I shouldn't be that shocked about the Texans, given what we know about their schedule. All right, that is all for the 1 o'clock or the early games. Now for the later games, which we talked about last week, how, you know, at least if a team is traveling to the West Coast or it's a, it's a good game that everyone wants to watch is on, this is at least has a reason for it, unlike the Jets last week. The Giants are traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams at SoFi Stadium. I'm not excited for this game. This is going to be very ugly. Uh, I, this could be, you know, a three touchdown game for Aaron Donald. Like, he might kill Daniel Jones. Like, he might legit, like, break every bone in his body i'm very concerned about what could happen to many of the giants players against aaron donald this week Uh, but this game is the second biggest spread of the week and i think the rams cover and win easily and if you have any stock in any of the rams running backs in fantasy football i would suggest playing them because the rams are just going to roll here in the second half and i assume run it right down the giants throats
1: yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. I don't think there's a lot of things to be discussed here because I think the Rams are pissed off. They lost to the Bills in a in a yes. game that they could have won and they should have won.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm going to take the Rams 38, Giants 7. Jesus.
0: Yeah, I can't even, like, really deny that. I think that – you know, the McVay is such a good play caller and they battled all the way back against Buffalo last week that I, if they should have won that game, they got, they got screwed on a pass interference call at the end against Josh Allen, which has led to him throwing the game winning touchdown pass. Um, if, if the Rams beat the bills there, we might be having a different conversation about the Rams. So, you know, the giants are at this point of the season and it, and it scares me that they already see, feel like they gave up. They did not play very well against the Niners backups. Uh, they did not even show any sort of heart or, high passion or desire didn't even look like they practiced uh it, it's it's embarrassing it's becoming a, a joke for the Giants uh it's getting late early as my dad would say and uh, I, I it's hard for me to disagree with your score but you know I'll give them 41 and the Giants I'll say they score 13 and uh and maybe the, they'll stay in the teens, and the Giants are going to struggle to score 20 points all year long <laughs> Yeah, and Leon says he can feel the hurt in my score. Uh, Yeah, it sucks being a Giants fan now, and it's unfortunate how we got here. But I don't want to talk anymore about the Giants. They're garbage, and the game's going to be garbage. This is the game that is going to be really good this week, and it's the Patriots going to the Chiefs. And I don't know, you might think this is going to be a blowout, and it could very well be a blowout because it's the Chiefs, and they do that to everybody. Um, but I really, I really want to see what the Patriots can do. I mean, they, they were really competitive with the Seahawks, which I don't think has the same explosiveness as the chiefs offense, but on a short week, uh, for the Kansas, for Kansas city, I wonder if, you know, New England can move the ball on the chiefs defense, similar to what they did against Seattle's. What do you make of this game? I have a feeling you're going to say chiefs in a route.
1: Uh, you know me too well here, Randy. Um, (laughs) what worries me in this game for all patriots fans and i think this should worry them is that this is not an explosive offense in the sense of they can air it out against the chiefs you have one three and out you're down by seven so you almost have to add points that will cost you a three and out or punting literally i do not believe you can punt against this team when they get going so it's going to be very indicative that the Patriots get up to an early score. We saw what the Ravens did. You know, they ran the ball down their throats, kind of really took some body shots on the Chiefs in that first drive. And then the Chiefs come back out, boom, six points, just like that. Should have been seven, missed extra point, but not going to do that very often. And then boom, another touchdown, boom, another touchdown, boom, another touchdown. This team just scores at will. And I cannot go, I cannot say how imperative it is to jump out to a lead against this team. And even when you jump out to a lead, that's not safe. You can't put your guard down. I love what Cam has done in new England, but I'm taking the chiefs 38 to the Patriots 24
0: I look at the Patriots offense and I think it's similar to the Ravens with the running quarterback and the the quarterback. I mean, they don't throw the ball a ton. They Cam, I think, is much better passer than Lamar is, but I do think they focus so much on the run. And I can't get out of my head what the Chiefs did to the Ravens on Thursday or on Monday night. They went into Baltimore and just it felt like they manhandled them. So I have no reason really to believe that they couldn't do the same thing to the Pats. I know that Belichick's different than John Harbaugh. And I know Cam might be a little bit better of a passer uh, than Lamar Jackson, but uh, I think that, you know, the chiefs are probably going to end up winning this game by 10 at least. And it's, it's, it's just going to be hard for the Pats to keep up score wise. They don't have the defense that they used to have. And the Patriots feel like a team to me that they're going to win every game at home. I feel like that, you know, when you go to New England, they're going to go eight now. But they're going to struggle on the road, and they're going to struggle against great offenses like this one. I mean, Seattle put up 35 on them. Russell Wilson looked amazing. And I think it's going to be more of the same in this game. Uh, I will say Chiefs 34, Pats 21. And I think that 21 even comes in a garbage-time touchdown late. And this game really isn't all that close. Yeah,
1: I think we just go back to it. You just can't afford not to score against this chief's offense, like or against the chief's defense. If, if you do not score every possession, you could very well lose this game. And that is crazy. But what we saw, what Seattle did, they exploited them on the deep ball again, you know, Russell Wilson, just dropping dimes. If you can't guard DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, what are you going to do against this chief's offense Tyree kill fastest man in football, Sammy Watkins, blazing speed as well. Travis Kelsey can pick you apart underneath. And now guess what? They thought they had issues with Chris Carson. Now you got Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. I don't see it.
0: Yeah. It's Henry's predicting 31, 21, uh, 31, 28 uh, upset for the Patriots. I just have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to keep pace and you know prevent the Chiefs from scoring, which is just as difficult uh, to do here. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Patrick Mahomes and his fiance for announcing that they are uh, pregnant with a baby. So Pat Mahomes, the guy, no men no men, no one has had a better twenty twenty than Patrick Mahomes. So congratulations to him and his fiance.
1: Do you think they can afford it? I'm not sure. Babies are expensive. Yeah.
0: You know, maybe we should come up with a GoFundMe and see if we can help him out because I don't think he's got enough money or, you know, the time, you know. I mean, there's so many things that like go into raising a child that, you know, we might need to step in.
1: Yeah, he probably has to get a second job.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, moving on now uh, to our last 4 o'clock game, and it is the 3-0 Buffalo Bills traveling to the big Roomba in Las Vegas to face the Las Vegas Raiders. Um you know, Buffalo 3 Everyone, you know, wants us to apologize to Josh Allen, which, you know, I think, you know, we've given Josh Allen, you know, his due here. Um, you know, I, I don't trust the, the Raiders enough to say, you know, Josh Allen's going to struggle here. I don't think that they are good enough defensively. They're dealing with some injuries. With that said, I, I know you can call me a hater, but I get the sense that a Josh Allen struggle game is coming up here. Uh. I, I don't know if this is the game, but it, I could see it.
1: I just don't know what this Raiders uh, – the Raiders seem like a, a team destined to go 500. They will look really good, and then they'll look really bad. And I think they looked pretty bad last week. But, man, yeah, I don't know. This game's hard for me to choose. I, I I'm going to go on a limb here. I've been picking against them all year, and I will again. I'm going to take the Raiders to beat the Bills here. I hate it. I don't feel confident. But, Henry, this is my screw you game. So, screw you, Henry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to love what the, the Bills have done to this point. Uh, they're going to get Zach Moss back, which which hurts my single Terry stock in fantasy. But uh, the, two, the the running attack really hasn't been the focal point. It's really been Josh Allen, and he's, he's played really well to this point. I think he's been bailed out by some calls, but that's besides the point. But the Bills' defense has been the disappointing unit, and you know this could be a game where the Raiders play better offensively. Um, they are also dealing with some injuries as well. But um, I think this is, could be a potentially trap game for the Bills. Um, but ultimately, I do think the Bills will win, and they will win ugly. Uh, I could see a twenty-one to seventeen score here. Like not the highest scoring, not the lowest, but overall pretty ugly game.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders 24-23. to
0: 23. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Vegas won this game. I, I don't think Vegas is a bad team. But I think, you know, everyone loves Josh Allen so much. And, you know, I need to see it from their defense. Uh, but I, I get the sense, and I know everyone hates me for it. But the Josh Allen is not going to play this well all year round. And I don't know if this is the game, but it's coming. That's all I'm going to say. But, you know, Bills, I get, Bill's are going to win this game. All right, that's the last of the four o'clock games. I'm done talking about Josh Allen for now. Uh, the first of two primetime games is Sunday Night Football, and it is Henry's San Francisco 49ers hosting the oh, just horrific, unwatchable Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and it looks like they're going to get most back. It looks like maybe Jimmy G will play. It looks like maybe Kittle will play. So, uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a game for Philly, but you never really know. We'll see. Uh, Matt, what do you think about this game?
1: Yeah. I heard most starts out. So not, okay. that I, not that that really matters because I might've read something different. Yeah. I don't know. So someone sent out a tweet or something and I was discussing it this morning with uh, our friend, Corey Decker, mm-hmm. but to me, I, it doesn't, who cares? It doesn't matter. They're playing the NFC East, the joke of a division. Uh, 49ers are going to blow out another NFC East team. So I'm going to take the 49ers here and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh 49ers. Thirty-seven Eagles, seventeen.
0: Yeah, I might get to talk myself into the, talk myself into Philly. Like, I don't want to believe that they're this bad, and like they have had a good year defensively, but they've also played the Bengals and the Giants and and the team. So, like, I kind of take that into consideration under who they're playing here. Um, You know, what the Niners did to the the Giants and Jets, like, I feel like it's hard to gauge because those two teams are just an abomination for, or a pathetic excuse for a football team. I think the Eagles will put up a better fight than either of those two teams did. But, Uh, You know, I love what Kyle Shanahan did, and I don't think we gave him enough credit on the show last week. He put on a coaching clinic against the Giants. He really makes Nick Mullins look good by his play calls. The running attack is still really good, whether or not Mostert plays or not. Jarek McKinnon played really well. Jeff Wilson played really well. He had two touchdowns. The Niners, I think, are just too good to lose this game, despite, I think, Philly's efforts you know, to put up a good fight. I think we're going to get a good Sunday night football game here. And I think the Niners are going to win close. I think it's going to be 28 to 23. Um, And I think it's going to be a close game. And I don't know why I think that I just, I I have a general respect for Philly that I should not have, but I just do. I, I don't believe they're as bad as the record says right now.
1: There's just a lot of issues with the Eagles. I think Carson Wentz, things are mental now. So I don't know. I I can't see what the Eagles do to win this game. And then, you know, you talk about um, the 49ers running backs with, God, I think I know Mostert's out and I forget the other guy. God, I can't believe.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah. Coleman. So, but then you get, you know, Wilson and then you got to deal with Jarek McKinnon Granted, They don't have any wide receivers, but yeah, maybe Nick Mullins is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe Nick Mullins doesn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders in that Super
0: Bowl, so maybe he can so officially. So officially I'll say it's officially Mostert is sidelined; he's out uh, for this week, and Coleman is on the IR, which I must have missed that. So it's just going to be the McKinnon and Jeff Wilson show once again.
1: Yep. So I I, I like the Niners here. I'm I'm not changing my score. Thirty-seven seventeen. I. You know, I like Doug Peterson, but this Eagles team seems mentally fractured.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much to believe in Brandon Ayuk because it is the Giants defense, so I take that with a grain of salt. Like, I don't know how to properly evaluate teams when they beat up on the Giants and Jets, but I thought Brandon Ayuk looked really good last week, and he could be a good uh, pairing along with Samuel, who I believe Debo might be making a return this week. Um but uh, he just didn't get ruled out, so we don't know for sure if he's going to play. But he did get – actually, he did get cleared. So, I'm seeing yesterday that Kittle and Debo both got cleared to play. So, yeah, that helps obviously a lot with the Niners. Uh, Kyle Ushek going to get involved. Kenry gave him a shout-out, of course. Um, he is one of the better um, playmaking fullbacks, one of the only playmaking fullbacks in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, Niners are going to win this game. I just think Philly will put up a fight and go down with his pride. Uh, Monday Night Football with a team that has no pride and a team that is spineless and is unable to win a game, even if it was handed to them. Uh, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. And it looks like, it seems like to me, they're traveling right into their own slaughterhouse to go into Green Bay to face the Packers. And the FU tour for Aaron Rodgers continues. Matt, uh, why is this going to be just another heartbreaking loss for the Falcons?
1: Because it's not. The Falcons are going to win this football game. Whoa, no way. Yes. And you know how the Cardinals have issues with the Detroit Lions? The Packers don't always play very well against the Atlanta Falcons. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. But to me, I always have this image stuck in my head of the Packers struggling. Keep in mind, they gave up 30 points to the Saints with no Michael Thomas and basically it was the Alvin Kamara show. Now you should – Julio Jones is going to play. I don't know where Russell Gage is going to play. I, I think he should play this game. I'm not sure if he cleared concussion protocol. And then you have Calvin Ridley against a very leaky 49ers defense. And I'm sorry, against the a Packers defense. I'm going to take the Falcons here and I'm going to take the Falcons 31 to 30.
0: So let me get this straight. I, I... There are two te- There's one team in the history of pro football that has lost two games when they've had a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter or larger, and the Falcons are that team, and they not only did it twice, they did it twice in consecutive weeks against the freaking Bears and the Cowboys, and you think for some reason they're going to go into Lambeau and do that and win somehow and not do that against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I just want to make sure I'm hearing you clearly on that. They're not
1: only not going to be that team, they are going to come back from a 10-point deficit
0: and win this game. <laughs> if that happens, I will Venmo you $10. <laughs> yeah, they are down in this game. I, and they come back and win. I would be I'd be speechless. I wouldn't even know what to say. Um, but, you know, I can see them having a lead and blowing it. I don't see them being down and coming back. That feels like not a Falcons thing to me. Uh, but the, Fal- the Falcons offense, still really good. Uh, Calvin Ridley, still really good. And Julio, like you say, is going to be back. Uh, I worry about the, the, the Packers' run defense, so maybe this could be a, a decent Todd Gurley game. Um, but the Falcons, uh, for as far as trust tree, you know, I, I trust the freaking Jets almost more than I trust the Falcons to win a game. Like it is ridiculous. I mean, they certainly have more talent, but th- this is just they find new ways to lose that even like I have yet to see. And as a Giants fan, when they like invent new ways to lose games, like this is a, this is a whole new ball game where the Falcons are are going to right now. Um, so. I, uh, I'm going to go green Bay, but I I mean, it's going to be entertaining because the Falcons could still score. Uh, But I will say Packers 31 Falcons 28. It will be close, but there's no, I just don't see, especially even coming back. That, that is just a, I don't, I don't know how that could happen.
1: If the Falcons win, I don't care how they win. I want you and Henry on the show at the same time, apologizing to me and anointing me your official football captain.
0: Okay, I mean, I would rather just pay you, but all right, if you you want to make it. Well,
1: you can pay me too. If they come back down by 10, (laughs) you can pay me too. That's fine.
0: All right. uh, I will Venmo you a dollar for each point they come back from. uh, If that's the case, (laughs) that's the official bet. There you have it. That is the first official audible bet of the season. I don't know how many of those we're going to have, but it's pretty random here, but there you have it. Keep track of those. uh, If you guys want, Um, I, I could be out, you know, up to like 20 bucks on Monday. Who knows Uh, now? Okay. You know, we talked about all these games and you might've noticed, you know, we might be missing a game. We're not really missing a game because a game that was scheduled has been postponed. And it's the Titans and the Steelers because the Titans have, um, I can't think you could call it anything else other than an outbreak at this point. I think they've had 10 people within the organization test positive for the coronavirus. Um, And, you know, we're still waiting test results from the Vikings. So the status of that game could change, but as of now, it seems like that's smooth sailing, but the Titans have a big time outbreak and the game was rumored to get pushed to Monday, maybe Tuesday, but now they're saying they are going to completely reschedule this game. Matt, we're, we're week four now. You got our first outbreak. What do you make of it? It's
1: unfortunate. Um, the game has been rescheduled, though. That just came out during the show. They're playing week seven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the Ravens, I'm not sure how that got configured. They had a bye week in week eight. That has yeah, been so moved. I have it here.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, they've been moved to week seven. Yeah, th- so they got really lucky here with this, and I don't know how often this could happen if this were to take place again. Um, but the most likely scenario is that the game's going to get played on week seven, which uh, instead of playing this Sunday, it's going to be uh, on October 25th in Tennessee. And then they'd have to move some thing- things around. So the Titans and Steelers would play, and they'd have week four bye, which is this week. Their bye weeks would get reconfigured, and then they play week seven. Uh, the Ravens would have to make us change their schedule. They would need to move their uh, bye week uh, from seven to eight and then play the Steelers uh in week seven if i got that right no week eight the, the they, week eight yeah yep Ravens yeah so the Steelers were, the Steelers were supposed to travel to Baltimore in week seven but now that game is going to be moved to week eight so Baltimore's bye week would then be in week seven so it's kind of confusing but now the Steelers and Titans have both have bye weeks this week and then this, the Ravens will have a bye week in week seven so now the Steelers and Titans can play week seven and now the Ravens have a bye week in week eight so I mean, it's creative, and it worked out, or at least they haven't agreed to anything yet, but that seems like it's the most likely scenario. I don't know how you feel, Matt, but I feel like the NFL kind of gets really lucky here with how this is shaping out.
1: Oh, yeah. I think so. But better to be lucky than good sometimes. So, you know what? Yeah. I'll take it. The season's not derailed.
0: Right. And I mean, we saw how baseball has adapted to this and I think they've done a really nice job of changing schedules around, but NFL, you can't play double headers on Saturday and make up games. So this is, you know, I worry about the potential of of this in the future, but, you know, good for them on making this work for now, at least. Um, All right. So, um, you know, that is it for the show, Matt. Um, You have any quick fantasy notes that you want to point out? I was all in on the Broncos last night. They only got me six points. I thought their defense was going to come up bigger than that. They did not. Uh, And if you had Melvin Gordon or uh, Jamison Crowder, you're probably happy this morning. But any, any fantasy tidbits from you?
1: Yeah, if you haven't done so, get Jeff Wilson off the free agency market. I think he's in store for a big game against the Philadelphia defense. And you know what? I wouldn't be too shy about streaming quarterbacks at this point. I think Nick Foles with the upcoming schedule, once they get past Tampa Bay, it kind of opens up a little bit for the bears. So maybe look for Nick Foles a little bit later in the season. Um, I'm buying Darnell Mooney stock kind of hesitantly, you know, just see what, see what you have there. Packers, um, Lazar, if he's not picked up yet, you know, definitely scoop him up. I'm thinking starting to show himself. And it gives Aaron Rodgers another target to go wrong, along with Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, and then I like Tim Patrick for the Broncos. Keep an eye on that mm-hmm. name. I think Tim Patrick's a guy to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I will just say about Lazard, he is uh, out for a month <laughs> with a core problem. So, um, oh, Jesus you know, Christ. he's a bit. If he's available, I would I would be worried some that for that. Uh, if you have any Titans or Steelers, they their schedule has been adjusted as a bye week, obviously. So I would be on that trying to find replacements. It's not ideal. I know, understand that uh, as a commissioner for multiple leagues, uh, it's not our fault. Please don't yell at us. There's nothing we can really do about it. Uh, I in my league, I gave extra uh, bench players and an extra IR spot if you need it. I hope that helped. But as far as like, if you're trying to pick people up on the waiver wire, it's, it's slim pickings right now. So uh, good luck. I know I'm missing Derek Henry in a league now. I'm missing Juju in a league now. I mean, it's happening to everyone in every league. So, uh, you know, just try to make adjustments and hopefully it doesn't kill you too much in the future. And at least it's not another bye week because they are going to reschedule the game and it's going to end up being all right. So if you lose this week, maybe now you'll win week seven instead. So uh, Matt, you know, why don't you tell us about some of the uh, podcasts we have under this life group umbrella?
1: Yeah, Total Bases Podcast, Sunday morning with Felipe and Sean. Always do a fantastic job. Dong City, th- there are rumors going around that they might be doing a live look in sort of deal with the Yankees and Rays for game one, which I think would be fascinating. And then we're back, Randy. We're back on Tuesday, recapping mm-hmm. all the magic that happened in week four and previewing the titanic the huge matchup the sheer enormity of what this game will carry bears versus bucks and then we get our step back one of our favorite podcasts with leon and jacob pre uh, reviewing the finals i'm not sure how many Mm -hmm. games will be in the books by then maybe the lakers would have swept miami by then we'll find out and look forward to that podcast and of course pod jobbers on thursday
0: yeah, ball is life. Go uh, over there and watch a step back from last, week, from this past week on Wednesday. I joined the the guys to talk about the finals. Obviously, my Lakers in the finals. Uh, we talked about that game before the finals started, and we you know made our predictions. I I predicted Lakers in six. Uh, I, this was before Goran Dragic got hurt, before Jimmy Butler got hurt, before Bam Adebayo got hurt. So uh, maybe you know the Lakers can end that sooner if they can end it at all. I'm not taking anything for granted. I'm not predicting anything. I'm hopeful that the Lakers can take care of business and uh, they can win it for Kobe because that's been the goal for the whole year. And yeah, the Yankees moving on and Vincent Henry are going to do a great job in Dong City. I'm looking forward to checking in with them and we get to play the Rays, not in the trough. So that's a big deal, to not be in that god-awful state or in that god-awful stadium. So um, I'm optimistic about the Yanks going forward in the ALDS. But check out all of our shows, guys. Everyone does a really great job. They work really hard. Uh, This is the third time I've been live in these groups this week, and (laughs) I'm exhausted. And I just do it because I love talking sports with you guys. Uh, I just want to thank all of you for your support, whether it's on our Facebook live feed, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on our, our audio platforms, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, any of those that you guys do. It doesn't matter when you listen or how you listen. It is just greatly appreciated. So Matt, you have any parting words for our audience? Thank you for tuning in as always, and we'll be back. Hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend and enjoy week four. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.